0: Welcome to Under the Radar, a show about independent iOS development. I'm Marco Arment.
1: And I'm David Smith. Under the Radar is never longer than 30 minutes, so let's get started. I
0: have a little hesitation there. You almost said 15. <laughs>
1: almost.
0: <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about work-life balance. Uh, both of us are independent. Um, both of us have had jobs before. Um, and and, and you've, you did consulting for a while, right? I did. Yeah, I, I did it only very briefly, so I'm not much of an authority on consulting but you are um and so we kind of have have these these different job types and the the work-life balance can can vary a lot between them um you know i I think full-time employment when you're working for for somebody else you have like a nine-to-five kind of job at least you know you hope sometimes it's worse than that but that's that's generally what you're going for um when you're working full-time for somebody else you you are kind of not in control of your own work-life balance to to most to most of the degree uh, but that might be a good thing sometimes. Like you know, the full, full-time jobs can span the entire spectrum from worst to best work-life balance, and that it really depends on the job and the conditions around it. Um, but when they're good, when you have a, a, a nice, easy—you know—or not easy, but if you, when you have a, a good job uh, at, at a well-run place, working on something that's not totally crazy. That can usually offer the best and most consistent work-life balance among all the different employment types in in our business, um, and that you know it's most likely to be a healthy work-life balance when you have like a big, boring company that you're working for, uh, working on probably something that isn't that interesting of work to you necessarily, and that you know that won't be like the trendy, cool thing that all the Google people are talking about or whatever. Like you know stuff that we wouldn't be talking about on our tech podcast in all likelihood. You know you work for a bank or an insurance company or something like that, like. we think of these jobs oftentimes as like being boring, but boring can be really good in a lot of ways. And it can really offer an incredibly healthy work-life balance. If most of the time you're not working incredibly long hours, you're not having to work on the weekends or when you're home, you know, or on vacation, like, you know, you don't like take work with you when you leave work. So when you have one of these jobs that can offer an incredible work-life balance. Um, And usually, you know, Again, it might not be like the most cutting edge stuff in the consumer space that you're working on. You know, you, you might not be building the next photo sharing app or whatever. You probably also won't strike it rich doing this kind of thing because you probably are working for a more mature, stable company where you're getting a typical salary for for the kind of work you do. You're probably not getting a lot of stock or stock options, or at least the, what you're getting will be fairly incrementally valuable. Um, so, that, you know, there are downsides to this, but it, it's it can really provide. Incredible work-life balance because really, once you leave work, generally you're done for the day. You don't have to be constantly on call, constantly doing things, answering emails. You know, at at midnight when you're trying to go to bed and your boss is emailing you about crazy stuff like that. Usually doesn't happen in these bigger companies, and they also can usually help manage vacation time a lot better. You know, like it, when you when you work for yourself, you know you you can take vacation whenever you want. But oftentimes, and I think we'll get to this, oftentimes that's kind of a bad thing as well um when you work for a big company you usually accrue vacation time on a certain fixed rate per year that you're working there per month that you're working there and usually they will even have to pay it out to you uh if you quit or get or i don't know if you get fired but when you leave like these days are actually accounted for so like you earn vacation days and you are often forced to take them or like they or they won't they won't accumulate past a certain limit so you have to take a vacation you know kind of thing and Oftentimes that is better than like a kind of free form vacation policy. If you're working for like a little startup or working for yourself where it's like, you know, you can, they're like, well, you can take a vacation whenever you want, but you can never stop working like <laughs> it's um, oftentimes that work life balance that you get at a bigger company or at a more mature company is just unbeatable. And then you also have if you're doing consulting work, you know, if you decide not to work for a big company, a lot, a lot of people in our business are doing consulting work. And with consulting, you are much more responsible for maintaining your own work-life balance than when you're working for somebody else. Um, and, and it's kind of a weird middle ground. It, I think consulting, if I had to take a guess in a, in a broad generalization, I would say consulting probably offers the, the least work-life balance health of all the different employment types um, that I've seen from people who do it. Um, because you you don't have a full-time boss but every client is kind of a boss. So you kind of have like multiple bosses, all of whom have different expectations on your time. And your income is tied directly to the hours that you are working for them. And you have to bill them for the hours and they are paying for these hours. So it's kind of hard to waste any. Uh, and so if you stop working for say a night or a weekend, like if you stop working, the money stops coming in. So there's a huge incentive to, to overwork and to not have a good work-life balance and be and also oftentimes consulting work comes in waves so you might have really crazy times and then really dry times and it's kind of hard to to keep things in balance there so I, I think consulting is probably the hardest then you have indie life where if you if you work on your own products or if you are the owner of a company or which is kind of different but you know if you work on your own stuff um it seems like you'd have the best work-life balance possible, but in reality, you have many of the same pressures as consultants do, uh, where you kind of impose your own guilt on yourself, like, if wait, I'm not working right now, so I'm not, like, I'm wasting time, or I should be always doing something, or this is unproductive time, and, like, it makes it hard to enjoy, like, a vacation or even a night off, like a night to watch TV with your spouse or go out or something. Like, it makes it hard to enjoy that when... You work for yourself, and you know that, like, well, I, I could be working right now. I could be doing something right now. And any any time you're not spent working, the work is just not moving forward. There's no one else picking up the slack, or the office isn't just closed for the day. Like, just things just stop when you're not working, and this can often lead to a harder than usual work life balance to to maintain. So I don't know. So so both of us are the 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 the, the, the last category I mentioned, the independent developers. Who who work for ourselves? So and because you don't really do any consulting anymore, do you?
1: I don't. You haven't for a few years,
0: right? Yeah. So so both of us are are totally independent now. We work only on our own stuff. Um, But I mean, I guess we let's start with kind of like a status update. Like,
1: how do you think your work life balance is? I think now, like having now been, I think I've been independent for about eight years, and I've been haven't done consulting for probably three years or so like I've been fully fully independent for three or four years now um I'd say I'm getting pretty good at it um it's been the result though of a lot of effort and time and thought to get to here because by default you're not going to have a a good work-life balance like that was the thing that I sort of found when I sort of quit my day job. And I was like, okay, it's like, this will be great. I'll work from home. I'll be able to like be around. I, I started going independent right when our first child was born. And I was like, this will be great. I'll be home. I'll be around him as he's growing up. This will be awesome. And like the default state was terrible because I was either felt like I was, I felt, I, I concurrently felt like I was always working and like I was never working. Like, I was in this weird tension where, like, I'm always thinking about work, but I'm also always at home. And so I'm always thinking about home stuff too. And it was terrible. Over the course of the last few years, though, it's like, it's we've found things that work for, you know, for, for me and my family to be able to be like, okay, yeah, this works. Like, I feel like I have a good sense of getting work done, like, I'm being productive and useful and not just like s- sitting on the deck, you know, drinking martinis, but I'm also at home when I need to be at home and my. You know, my kids understand how that works, and my wife understands how that works, and it seems to be working. That's good. Yeah, I I have a lot to learn from you, <laughs> because
0: you know I've been independent since uh, late 2010, and I so you know about about five years, and I have I have not found the balance yet. I, I've I kind of oscillate between what you, you know the former part of what you said of like constantly worrying about work and family stuff, and just not getting enough work done and then feeling guilty that I'm not getting enough work done or feeling regret that I can't do more. Like, cause you know, I I have a certain amount of time in the day I've decided, which I think we've talked about and I'm sure we will. Um, I've decided that it it is not right for me to hire people like for whatever, like I don't think I would be happier or necessarily even more productive if I hired people, not even, not even to mention the problem of affording them and then the other, other issues with hiring somebody. Um, so like I, I'm limited by what I can do and so I feel a burden from that of, like, I should work more or I wish I could work more. But then when I have periods of working a lot, I have a lot of trouble turning it off to go to sleep at night or to go out to dinner or something. Like, I, I have a, a lot of trouble maintaining that balance. And so usually I err more on the lazy side more recently of, well, I guess I'll you know I'll be with my family, I'll help out around the house, and I'll I'll be present for everybody. But then I regret not getting more work done. And I don't know. I mean, I, I still have a lot to learn, I think. I
1: and mean, I think the thing that comes to mind is I always remember, like, the insight that I think was most helpful when I was trying to work this out several years ago is, it's like, it's the understanding that my work can hurt my family life as well as my family life can hurt my work. That I remember when I was starting out, it was easy to kind of think about it as almost like my family life... Um, is the thing that would be hurt from working too much sort of like which is makes sense in some ways coming from like a more corporate environment where kind of like workaholism is more the typical problem that you would be worried about where you work too much and you never see your kids and all this kind of thing. And I remember when I first started that was what I was worried about that my work was going to hurt my family. And then I also then what I found though is like it goes the other way exactly in the same way that my family life can also hurt my work. And it's the understanding, of, like, both of these states are, so both of, so like, these things are undesirable. Like, I don't want one to hurt the one or one to hurt the other. Like, that's why we call it work life balance, I guess. Like, it, <laughs> right. you're trying to find something in the middle. And in the end, what I end up finding is it's like the old saying uh, good fences make good neighbors like the best way that i found to be able to improve my work life balance is to build wall- sort of build fences between my work life and my family life both physically in terms of where i work in terms of my time in terms of when i work and in terms of the things that i do when i'm in one place versus the other and only when i've been able to kind of really split the two in par- in, in half have i found it to be at all functional because otherwise, I'm always you always have like the guilt on one side or the guilt on the other. And that's like it's neither productive nor helpful.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably where I have to explore like the the fencing off both physical and like, you know, scheduling wise, uh, because I'm just I, I'm terrible at that. You know, I, I work in a home office. My wife is here with me much of the time. My kid is here with me much of the time. I and mean, He goes to school. But, you know, that's not every day and that's not all day. Um, and, and I work at at any hour of the day, you know, I, I, I will work in the morning sometimes, I'll work at night sometimes, like it, it just goes all over the place and, and there's really no boundaries to, to when and where and how I get work done. And as a result, it is hard to have like long uninterrupted spans or to not be thinking about work when I'm not at work, you know, it's, it's hard to maintain this balance.
1: Yeah. And I think the thing that I found most helpful, like along those lines is that, uh, as an example, I end work every day at 5 p.m. And you go have a martini on the deck. Yeah, and then I go and have a martini on the deck. Exactly. But I found that that one little change had the biggest impact on my work-life balance. Like before that, it was kind of this squishy, wishy-washy, like, oh, well, what if I'm like in the zone and I really want to keep going or... <laughs> yep, that's me. Whatever. It's like you have this kind of this feeling of like, well, it's just, you know, I, I will work until I'm finished type of concept. And the reality is like, I'm never finished. There's never like a perfect opportune moment to be like, yes, I have exactly finished tied this function up in a bow. And now I'm going to go upstairs and have dinner and, you know, be with my family and so we ended up deciding like and that would drive my wife crazy too when it's like she has no idea when i'm gonna be home when i'm gonna when when what time we should do dinner what time the kids should expect you know their daddy to be back
0: yeah like a three-hour window like i might be done sometime yeah. between five and nine <laughs> whenever my brain ter- finally turns off yeah
1: and so we found it's like you know what it's like i just need to have a regular schedule and so like i come downstairs um which we'll get to in a minute about workspace but like i come downstairs to start work sometime like is much more squishy like sometime between maybe 8 30 and 9 30 depending on what's going on in the morning but i always finish at exactly five and that really helps to be able to say like if it's past five o'clock i'm not working unless obviously you know there's sort of like the exceptional situation of like you know some server explodes and i really need to go and do something but if beyond the the extraordinary search you know circumstance that's what i do and for me that was really helpful to say like if it's past five. I'm off work. Like, I don't really need to worry about work. I'll worry about it the next day. And if it's before five, I should be working. Like, it helps on the other side as well of saying, if things seem like they're going a bit tricky with, you know, or like, I just want to be with my family or whatever. It's like, nope, it's not five o'clock. And I can look forward to it in that sense. And then once I'm past it, I can say, nope, that's like, that's the firewall against it on the other side. And having that kind of regular schedule, like when I'm safe, if there's nothing magical about five o'clock, like it could be any time, but having a schedule that when I'm working, I'm working, and when I'm not, I'm not, has been the only thing. It has been probably the biggest impact in our, our ability to kind of stay, stay sane around having complete flexibility about our schedule. All
0: right. We are sponsored this week by our friends at Igloo. Go to slash radar for the internet you will actually like. Not internet. No one likes the internet. Everyone hates their intranet though, that's a big one. You know, if you have a corporate internet at one of those awesomely boring nine to five jobs that gives you a great work-life balance, chances are you'd be happier at work if you had a better internet and igloo provides that and you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work you can ruin your work-life balance as much as you want (laughs) or as little as you want with igloo you can be at your desk you can be on mobile you can access your internet from anywhere you can share status updates from your phone you can be leaving a client side if you're a consultant and you can access the latest version of a document right on the go you can view you can annotate documents with track changes and everything all right on any device in web browsers all with igloo it's amazing what you can do here uh, on on any device you can think of it doesn't matter you can get work done anywhere or you can be right at your desk and you know (laughs) maintaining your healthy work-life balance it's your choice um now igloo is well designed compared to most intranets that are usually you know these horrible things designed by nobody in the 90s um igloo internets are just better they look better they're more customizable you can theme them for your company you can turn on or off certain features to clutter or declutter the interface as you need it Um, there's a drag and drop widget editor to do all this super easily now with with our mobile lives people are increasingly bringing outside apps into companies and sensitive documents are getting scattered across all these different platforms this can cause some big problems for security for regulations but not if you use igloo igloo allows you to integrate services like box google drive and dropbox into one big easy to secure platform so this is great for it managers for anybody really for the users if you want to use cool modern stuff but have it be secured in your company igloo is the way to do that uh, you can do quite a lot with igloo you should really check it out and for t- for teams of 10 or fewer people it's free forever and for everybody else it's a free trial so check it out today go to iglusoftware.com/radar. For Igloo's wonderful internet, you will actually like. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting Under the Radar and all of Relay FM.
1: So, one thing I wanted to extend on a little bit um, is sort of the extension of the concept of having a defined work schedule that separates your work life and your physical life. Is that works in some ways, but you also, what I found, it only really works when you're able to physically separate yourself as well um, from the place that you go to work and the place that you go to not work. Um, and I've tried all manner of things to do this. Um, and I, when I first went independent, it was kind of really, our, the, the house where we lived in didn't really work for this, where it was a split foyer house. And so there are only two levels. And so ne- no matter what, I, there was always something that wasn't my office next door to me, no matter where I went in, went in the house. And for a while, I actually got office space outside of my house so that I could do this. Like I, even though I could work from home, I found like a teeny little like office down the road from where I live and I'd go there because, and now I've thankfully we've, we've changed houses and I have a place that's like, I'm in this office way off in the corner in the basement that there's nothing else around. Um, but what I found is if I don't have a separate place to go, like if I'm working in working in my bedroom or at the kitchen table or something like that, I was never, it's so hard to keep your mind focused on the thing that you're supposed to be focused on. And it's the, one of the things that I've, I've, I think I, if I like, give advice to somebody who is starting out working from home, going independent, becoming a consultant, any of these things, like find a place somewhere in your house that you only use for work. Because um, when you're there, it's like, okay, I'm here. i I got all my, it's all set up exactly how I like it for working. And I'm working. And when I leave, there's I don't come back here unless I'm working. You know, it's like I don't sit here and go through the family pictures and organize them into albums on my work computer. I do that on another place. Like all any any other things that I need to do aren't done at my work. You know, at my workstation. My workstation is for working, and that helps both me to be focused and also if you have children or other people in your house who are going to want your attention. It means that you can find. He sort of has this great benefit of being able to say, like, no, no. It's like he's in his. like Daddy's in the office. Don't bother him. And you know, obviously, there's exceptions to that. If something awesome and cool is going on in the house that I really want to know about and I should know about, it's awesome that I'm available and here to see it. But in by and large, it's very easy to have that obvious visual separation. It's like, nope, he's not here. He's at work. And then. I come home, and my wife and I always joke about this too. Because we'll actually use the, t- the terms like "Are you home?" Like if I go up, <laughs> if I go upstairs at uh, four, like at four o'clock to get a snack or something, it's like "Are you home?" or "Are you not?" And it's like, I actually, I'm not home yet. Even though obviously I'm I'm standing in my I'm standing in the kitchen in our in my home, but it's like nope I'm actually not home. I just need to needed to grab something and then I go back to work. And it's like it's it's as though like I've left. Like I've gotten in the car and my you know my commute rather than in a, in a car and driving down the road now is walking down the stairs. But I still have one. That there's still something separate physically between my work and my not work. That's really good. I like that a lot. So you just got to find a place in your house that you can do that.
0: Yeah, well, our, in, our, in our unfinished basement, maybe, or our hot attic. That should be good. That'd yeah. be perfect. Well, I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> I'll just put up a giant screen in the middle in the middle of the room that I work in.
1: <laughs> yeah. And obviously, yeah, like, everyone's houses are different, and so, like, whether exactly how much you can do that and how practical it is to do it, but it's, it's just one of those things that it's, it's all about trying to make it, like, make a clear line between when you're working and when you're not working. And so, the more that you can make the place that you work a place that it only is a place that you work like the better that will be um and it's like trying to do weird I mean sometimes it is feels a bit silly but like it's what I try and do like we have an upstairs office that we do other like other like homework things with rather than doing them in the same place that I do regular work which you know is works that works for us because we have a bit you know two rooms that we can do that with but even if you don't have the exact space. It's just kind of something to be aware of. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing that I think is helpful to think about with work-life balance, like taking a step back. So like things like making good boundaries physically between your work in terms of your daily schedule, in terms of your workspace, um, are helpful, but there are also things that are kind of like, they're the, the tactical day in, day out kind of things that you can do. But if you really want to have a good work-life balance, I think you kind of also have to take the step back and look at it and say, like, what are the things that are constraining my ability to have a good work-life balance? Um, And I think about in, like, making sure I'm making conscious choices about those things. Like, one thing I always remember is when I used to do consulting, and this probably applies mostly to consulting, but applies to a lot of things, is when I'd start out, I would respond check my, uh, like, work email all the day, like, all the time, you know, sort of essentially if I'm awake, I'll probably have checked my email in the last 20 minutes, Um, and I would respond to clients uh, who'd email me something at, whenever I saw it, you know, they would send me an email, hey, did you get a chance to check this thing out, or, you know, fix this thing, and I'd respond, and I'd do it on, you know, on the weekend, late at night, early in the morning, you know, first thing when I wake up, I'd pick up my phone, and I'd, I'd respond. And what I realized though is that I'm setting horrible expectations for for my clients because now they're, as soon as you do it once, they'll expect you to always do it. And if you don't, that can become like weird, strangely problematic where they're like, oh, I emailed you and you didn't respond. It's like, yeah, you emailed me at eight o'clock on a Friday. I didn't respond because I'm not working. But if you don't actually follow through with that, you have this terrible boundary problem and and like these, you're making these commitments that you may not consciously be making to being available at times that you really shouldn't be available.
0: And that might, that might also like that might make certain people uh, not able to work with you. And I think you have to choose that. Like when, when you're choosing what you're working on, the people you choose to work for or with matter just as much as anything else you're, you're deciding. Because like, Certain like certain employers will want you to be a workaholic and will want you to be twenty four seven on call for email, even if they don't technically say that, that. That will be what they expect, and it'll seem it'll look bad if you don't do that. Um, whereas other employers or clients are more healthy themselves with their work life balance, and and they will you know they will be okay if you don't answer a Friday night email until Monday morning. You know, and and it's important if you can find those people and choose to work with them. And, you
1: know, it, it really matters a lot who you work for or who your clients are. Yeah. And and it's and then in addition to mattering who they are, it's like that you have to decide these things. Like it, it feels silly at first. Like I remember the first time I said when, when I realized that I was doing this and I would see it like I, I'd want to you know, hit reply and start composing an email back. And then I'm like, wait. It's nine o'clock on a Friday. I should not do this. And sometimes I'd like write it out, but just leave it in drafts. And at 9 a.m. on uh, Monday morning, I'd just go into my draft and I'd sit there and send them all, which <laughs> is a bit like, is a, it was like a good, like a baby step towards not actually checking it in the first place. but given the illusion of health yeah exactly but at least at the very least i was setting their expectation that i wasn't available right right you know you like i always remember also with consulting you'd have these weird things where you start having like email conversations back and forth with your client at strange hours because you send them something and then they are sitting at their computer too having poor work life balance and they're responding <laughs> back and you go back and forth and it's like you're having this conversation in at a time when you like, you would never schedule a call with your client. At that time, you'd never think like, "Oh, this is like ten o'clock on the weekend. This is a perfect time for us to have a chat." But it's like this little trap that just like sucks you in, and then you're kind of you have to work really hard to break that pattern and get out of that cycle. And then, lastly, the other the last sort of like taking a step back thing that I think you can do to improve your work life balance is to look at your business. And see if there are places that you can reduce the degree to which your revenue is directly tied to your time, um, which in some ways is maybe an obvious thing to say. Like, like if you can make money without doing anything, that's better. This is the promise of like every back page ad in a crappy magazine, like make money while you sleep. Exactly. But in a not uh, sketchy way, like looking at your business and saying, like the biggest things that are going to get in the way of you having a productive work-life balance are the things where you don't have control, like you you don't have the control over your time in the same way. Like if you have a, a perfectly um, sort of did, uh, split between your time and your money, then you can choose exactly how you want your day to go because. You, your time isn't the thing that you're selling. That isn't the important thing, you know. So, like if you look at your, if you look at a business, like I think conceptually, most businesses kind of fall into two categories. There's kind of like prepaid work, you know, things like like consulting or even this podcast where we get paid by a sponsor for the episode, but we have to make the episode, and then once we've made it, um, we get no more benefit from it. Um, to things that are kind of like postpaid, so like a product or a subscription, or if you have a retainer in consulting, like those types of things, where you're making money without you having to do something directly. Usually it's because you've done something else in the past, but in the present, you know, you're know you kind of living off the interest from the past things. And this was something that was the like like when I made the shift from consulting to products, um which is now what i you know i do almost 100% essentially of my of my income is from products is i it, it i wanted to do it because i felt like I'd, if i didn't i wouldn't have control over my time because it was always going to be beholden to somebody else and so i had to look at my business and say you know what if i can do this if i can keep pulling even if it's just 20% of my business is is you know is coming from something other than my time i'm going to be able to make, make my work life balance Twenty percent better, or at least have the opportunity to make it twenty percent better. Like if I don't follow through at that point, like that's on me. If I at this point have complete control over my time and I have a bad work-life balance, like there's no one to blame but myself. I can't blame my boss. I can't blame my clients. I can only blame me. But on the flip side, I have the ability to control that. And so, looking at your business or looking at the way that you're structuring how you work, such that you you can break those ties is like sort of like the little catalyst that allows you to make any of the changes that we've talked about um, in this episode. Because if you, had, if you don't have that control, then you can't change anything in the first, you know, anyway. And so you're kind of stuck. Yeah,
0: I, I think that separating your, your income and your business health from your time spent is obviously like that. that is the holy grail, but it isn't that unachievable. Like it's actually very doable and it might take a while and it might not be 100% of, of your income being separated out that way and being independent of your time. Um, and, and you know, you do have to still work on it occasionally. Like you can't like neglect things forever. Uh, but anything that you can do to like build up, you know, a back catalog of things that pay you or build up recurring revenue streams or things that are, yeah, things that are decoupled at all, uh, you will benefit from significantly.
1: Exactly. And it took me four and a half, five years to be able to, to stop doing consulting. Like, but it, it was a conscious choice that this is where I'm getting, I'm heading. I'm pointing my business in this direction. And that's what I... Because at the end of it, I like the result. And so that made the, the work to get there worthwhile. Excellent.
0: All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. And uh, that's all the time we have. So we will talk to you next week. Bye.